Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so, man, I tell you, the DOJ agreed to a deal to let a California resident off the hook so it wouldn't hurt gun control against AR-15s. Also, man, did you hear about that Fort Worth shooting where a young lady's inside her home and she's playing video games with her either nephew or son and the Fort Worth police come in and blow her away? So you're going to break that down and talk about that because it's a little more complicated than that. Also, in Dollar General, man, the Dollar General and uh, around the country, they just they're just that that center of where people just want to go in and rob the place and hold them up and just take everything in the register and whatever they want inside the store. Let's check out this video right here from Dollar General around the country. Period. These siblings are furious. Their brother, who police say was an armed robber, was gunned down by a store clerk. The pair acknowledges it was, he, that he was wrong for Roosevelt Rapley to try and rob the Dollar General on North Gettysburg Avenue, but they say the clerk shouldn't have had a gun at work. Rochelle and Juan Rapley say their younger brother, Roosevelt Rapley, was the second of ten siblings killed by gunfire. I still don't believe it. Like, at the end of the day, I don't believe my brother is dead. Like, it ain't kicked in. And they're furious about how it happened. At the end of the day, that's not right. Police say a Dollar General clerk shot and killed 23-year-old Roosevelt, who showed a gun and demanded cash Wednesday. Witnesses indicated that the weapon was brandished and pointed at, at employees. The siblings recognize their brother's wrongdoing. He got some responsibility, but not all. But they say that still doesn't warrant the clerk's actions. Right and wrong is wrong. That was wrong for that clerk to shoot my brother in the chest. Yes, he's robbing y'all. Oh, well. Call the police. That's what y'all supposed to do. Y'all not supposed to take matters in y'all own hands. If that's the case, I will take matters in my own hands. Police say the clerk was legally allowed to have the gun. Meanwhile, officers are looking into the possibility Rapley may have been involved in several other commercial robberies. Let me tell you, you know, that's Dayton, Ohio, and I don't know what, what people are smoking or what's going on around this country, but if you walk in, you rob someone, then you deserve for them to stop you. I have no idea what goes I, to a person's head when they say something like, you know, uh, uh, why would, you know, you come in and why would you shoot this person? What goes to your head when you say something like that? What's so, Gary, I'm from, I'm from Dayton, Ohio, 
And there's a lot of heroin. That's pretty much where the opioid epidemic started. And there's also a lot of crack. And I watched that video earlier, and uh, both of them, they, they looked like they were high on crack. And I, it, it doesn't matter. You know, you walk in. Well, I'm just saying. Hey. That's, why they're, that's why they're so incoherent. They're saying that they, oh, we, we understand that he's responsible for his actions in robbing this Dollar General. But it's not right that the clerk shot them. I mean, that, only a crackhead would say something that's stupid. That's and were, crazy. And that's the problem with this country. There's no respons- no accountability whatsoever. For a family member to come out and say something like that. You know, that tells you the upbringing that tells you, you know, how this family was raised. And that is the cornerstone of the problem that we have in this country. Yeah. I hear people say, oh, you should fire a warning shot. No, no, absolutely not. You cannot fire. It sounds good, but but the law is not on your side. If you fire a warning shot. No, if you pull that gun out, then you blow them away. They shouldn't break into your home or break into your business and rob you. You know, those are the consequences that you pay for breaking the law. Yeah. But have you tried crack? It's amazing. No. And I, I doubt that you have either. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's and then let's also go to Fort Worth uh, over in Fort Worth, Texas. A Fort Worth police officer checking out a resident with an open door, uh, opened fire on a woman inside her home, killing her, according to the authorities. Now, the shooting earlier uh, Saturday occurred less than two weeks after a police officer nearby Dallas was found guilty of murder for fairly shooting a man in his home in 2018. Now, in both cases, the officers are, you know, they always want to bring up the fact that the officer was white. I have no idea why this is an issue. Uh, the problem is a person, you know, when honestly, in, in split seconds like that, I doubt very seriously, you know, that maybe even played a role into it. I don't know. But this shooting happened so quick. The one in Fort Worth, I don't think this officer even had a second to even think about it as fast as he pulled that trigger. And as you're looking at the video right now, this is the officer approaching the house. You look inside the door. It's a wreck. It's a mess. Uh, And so it looks like someone's rummaging through the house. He goes around to the side. He looks at a window. Um, When he looks through the window, he's actually seeing someone inside. And he starts giving commands. He immediately pulls the trigger within seconds of saying, let me see your hands. And then he pulls the trigger just that quick. Take a look at the video. And for those that are uh, listening on the radio, we're watching the actual dash cam footage from a Fort Worth police officer who's actually outside the resident. He's actually with his partner, and they're checking uh, the outside. They're checking the gate, checking around the house. And this is after a, a 911 call. It actually was a 311 call, actually. One of the neighbors called 311 to report that the fact that uh, their neighbor's front door was open. And so something needed to be done. And so the officers responded. And then that's what happened. A couple of shots. So officers entered the home and began providing emergency medical care to the woman, but she was pronounced dead. Uh, the Tarrant County Medical Examiner identified her as Antasia something Jefferson, 28. I'm not going to begin to mention her, try to pronounce that middle a- name. A Tatiana. Yeah, whatever. And then a gun was found Close inside down. the home, police said, but it wasn't clear if the woman was near it at the time of the shooting. Now, the neighbor, James Smith, said he called the police non-emergency number when he noticed the open door. And if you don't feel safe with the police department, then who do you feel safe with, according to what uh, one witness said? And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know what you guys' thoughts are about this shooting. Gary, what are your thoughts? I think that this is eerily similar to 
the shooting that just happened in Dallas. Why do you say that? Because it's a cop, regardless of race, this is a police officer shooting someone in their own home. I think they're two different separate inst- two different separate cases. Well, yeah, they are separate yeah. cases. I, I think they're, I think they're totally separate <laughs> situations. They are. They're what, separate situations. Amber but they Geiger have parallels. Amber Geiger deserved to be, you know, prosecuted one hundred percent. And she did not doubt. deserve okay. a hug from the judge. Not one bit. What no, no. The, the, guy, the guy that hugged her hugged her was uh, the brother of the victim. But yeah. what and I'm and saying also, is that, and, and also the judge. The judge. Oh, the judge yeah. did yeah. hug. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I didn't know that. Anyways. So what I'm saying is that it's just, to me, it's similar on its face. Very very much surface level similar because Why? it's police officers killing someone in their own home. Okay, I feel like police should be held to a, a higher level of accountability. Like, I held- think it's worse if a cop kills someone than if a civilian kills someone. So you're saying that law enforcement should be held to a much higher higher standard, such yes. as like um, like truck drivers, commercial drivers, and everyone else in their field held to a much higher standard. So if a truck driver crashed... While they were on the highway because they were driving recklessly or they were falling asleep and they killed someone, that's not as bad as a cop shooting someone while they're on duty. No, but if a truck driver... No, no, no. That's worse than if I crashed my car. All right. Hold that thought. Our call-in number is 512-543-2284. That's 512-543-2284. Come and talk it. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Carter. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast talk 1370 the right choice Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about this shooting that happened in Fort Worth, Texas, where a police officer checking on a resident uh, with an open door because a neighbor dialed 311, the non-emergency number. And so the officer responded and within not even a second, pulled the trigger and blew the homeowner away. And so, man, that's pretty quick. And my my studio guests are saying that, hey, that's kind of similar to the 
uh, the, the police officer shooting in Dallas, and I think that's totally different. Two separate, totally different situations. Because well, yeah, they are. You know, yeah, that that officer thought that she was at her own home. She committed burglary. <laughs> she wasn't working. Uh, she actually committed burglary because she made a mistake and thought she was at home. But you know what? Because you thought something does not get you off the case. You committed burglary, and now she's going to jail where she deserves. Any questions? Do you think 10 years was... Uh... No, she should have gotten more than 10 years. Why? Because she bro- she this guy was sitting on his sofa eating ice cream, and she blew him away. But it wasn't premeditated. Doesn't matter. I think it does. You're I think dead that wrong. I think that she didn't wake up that morning. She didn't follow. And she, she didn't even follow her even even the policy uh, by the police department. You know, but she wasn't on the like clock. That. No. Look, what I'm saying is that she deserved ten years for sure. Yeah. I don't think she deserved more though because she didn't wake up that morning and say, "Hey, I think I'm just going to go blow away my neighbor." Sure. All right. You never know. I, I tell you what. I tell you. Here's a woman. Let me. Let me, let me <laughs> I'm gonna give you this little baggie right here, and we're gonna fill it with a white powder here and substance. We're gonna find out how many years you get. What? Uh, exactly. That's what I thought. <laughs> Let me go to the phone lines. Uh, let's go to Great line plan. one. Line one. And I call in numbers. I call in numbers. No 512, prison for white powder. Five four three two two eight four. That's five one two five four three two two eight four. Skip from Austin. You want me to come and talk? Hey, Michael. How are you today? Outstanding, sir. You guys sound great, and I think the subject matter that you're covering today is of utmost import. Of, uh, it's of the utmost importance. Why do you say that, sir? You know, we've got a big, we've got big discussions right now about the Second Amendment and how we're going to proceed, uh, given some very complicated times with uh, heavy emotions on both sides. And um, this thing that's uh, happened, this uh, new phenomenon that's been happening up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of police officers shooting. Um, citizens in their own home is not a new phenomenon. We've actually had the same thing happen here in Austin. And, and, and do you do you have a case in mind? Yeah, there was a there was a case of a fellow named uh, Gene Vela, V E L A. You can look it up online. It's it had pretty heavy uh, press coverage. Um, is that, Gene is Vela that, was in his own house. Is that Gene G E N E? Yeah, G E N E. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And Gene was in, I'll tell you a story real quick. Gene was in his own house, minding his own business on uh, Veterans Day or the day before Veterans Day, the Marine Corps birthday. Had a little cookout. He was a student uh, leader over at, uh, at the University of Texas in the LBJ school where he was going to graduate school. Um, he uh, was a PTSD veteran. He had a little bit to drink at night, and he had called a friend of his and uh, told him he was having a hard time, and the friend called the police. And the police showed up and shot him in his own house. Wow. Um, there was a 30-minute standoff during which the police never once announced that they were the police. In a 30-minute 30 30 standoff, standoff? They never announced they were the cops, Mike. Wow. And then they tried him for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon because he came to the door holding a gun after these cops beat the door and never announced. Wow crazy wow. put him on trial he sat in he sat in jail in the high security side of Dell valley out there which if you've never been is an extraordinary experience um yeah because I, i'm just i'm like trying to and you've you said he was in the military so he's, he's probably in the marine corps right as i'm reading this story in the marine corps or was in the marine corps he was in the marine corps and see i'm trying yeah, to put my my and i'm trying to put myself in his head you know being in the marine corps maybe stationed overseas probably deployed and you you know Man, you, your training kicks in. You're like, okay, let me go defend myself immediately. Yeah, yeah, he had, um, you know, it's the complication of sending our soldiers and 
men and women to combat is that they come back uh, differently. Uh, they think differently than they did when they went. They're not quite the same nice uh, kid that you sent uh, sent off to war, sent off to the Army basic training. They come back and they're damaged or they're predisposed for violence. Right. Um, and he was he was one who was programmed. He was a infantry uh, an infantryman at the front of the, at the tip of the spear, the front line guy. So he saw plenty of action uh, during Iraq, and uh, yeah, well, he ended up getting shot three times in his own house, minding his own business, drinking his own beer, watching his own TV. So if he was shot, uh, why was he time. why was he charged with, you know, um, that's a good question, uh, with some type of charge well, against because, law enforcement? Um, because the police say in their their story, the story that they concocted was that uh, Gene came to the door knowing they were the police with a with a handgun and targeted them, attempting to to, to shoot them. Um, which is just entirely false. It was just a false narrative that the cops made up. Now you said that his friend or his neighbor called nine one one. One of the party participants. Um, Gene was a, like I said, he was a leader on the campus. You know the travesty of the whole thing, other than the fact that he had to hire a lawyer and go through the horror and PTSD event of going to trial for his life. Um, was he was already kind of a PTSD touched citizen, and he went and spent two years in jail, mm. lockdown, um, where he's in a, in a in a room about the size of your bathroom. Uh, for 23 hours a day right? for two years, wow. waiting to go to trial just to be found not guilty. Mm. So it, was, it was an extraordinary set of circumstances. But this is a guy who survives. Now, That's do you think it would have, there would have been a different outcome if he would have uh, called, the person that called would have called 311 instead of 911? You know, that's a great question. I don't know. The problem was that the police officers who were on the, who were on the stoop um, never identified themselves, even after Gene came to the door with a gun in his hand, asking who's out there at the door. Why they never did that is still perplexing to everybody uh, who was involved, um, except, of course, the police officers who say that they didn't have to show, uh, they didn't have to sound off because it was obvious who was there. Hmm. Um, we're wearing distinctive uniforms. And back then, when, they, when this went down, the, the patrol officers wore the Gestapo black. Uh, that dark, dark navy blue. Oh, so they like what they wear today. So they weren't in a typical, you know, police officer uniform that's you know re- that we see from day to day. Well, yeah, the, the modern one that R. Acevedo ushered in is the light blue top, uh, half of the of the of the uh, shirt uh, with the dark blue bottom half okay. of the shirt. Um, the old uniform that a lot of people still wore back then, uh, 2015, uh, 2016. Uh, was the dark blue polyester um, top and bottom? Okay. You know, top you know, shirt and pants right. with a usually with a embroidered um, badge, which is a problem because embroidered badges don't shine like a regular badge does. And one of the responsibilities of a police officer is to be attired in a way that people can 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 quickly tell that they're police officers and must be there, presumably on official business. Um, these guys uh, came dressed in black at night, uh, stood outside Gene Bella's door, uh, pounded on it, and when he came up to figure out what all the commotion was all about, uh, they scattered. Nobody ever said anything for 30 minutes. Two snipers showed up and shot him from 40 yards across the street 
with M16s and three power scopes. And so, so they did blow it. One person is saying that one person is saying that the home where the shooting took place was in like a low income area of town. So, uh, so maybe they probably had the door open for ventilation or something like that. In, in Dallas, yeah. That's, oh, that's the one in Fort Worth. Okay, never mind. I'm sorry, Rob. Okay. That's the one in Fort Worth, right. I just want to say, I, um, I agree it is completely unacceptable for cops to not identify themselves. Yeah. Undercover cops, uh, I, I, I disagree with that. If you go to other countries like Canada, uh, Europe, they'll be wearing neon. You'll, you'll be able to see them from blocks away. <laughs> that's correct. And that's, that's correct. great. And they and, should and, have those reflective badges, too. Yeah. You should be the able undercover. To, you should be able to see every police officer. Yeah, especially the undercovers. <clears throat> there's and and there's there's um I remember there was a I'm from California. There was a bunch of uh uh medical marijuana drug raids, like uh dispensaries, even though it's you know it's federally illegal. The DA the DEA would come in uh on several occasions without warrants wearing ski masks. Yeah, I've heard that this happened all the time robbery. in California. Like a couple especially a couple years ago, right when uh California legalized medical marijuana mm-hmm. yeah it happened all the time yeah yeah they well, go that, in and that's grab records that's, that's what that's what they do you know south america is a little bit of a different story because they're at war with the cartel but that's what if you ask a police i'm sorry <laughs> right thank you mike not a problem but let me tell you there's a there's a there's an interesting uh, mindset amongst the police officers um, how they interact with the public. One question you guys had entertained earlier I thought was really interesting was um, did race have anything to do with it? Why yeah. is a white cop, why did it matter? I think all and cops think- should be black. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Skip. Hold on, because uh, you're going to have to entertain that when we come back from the break. All right, so we're talking about the shooting that happened in Fort Worth. We're also talking about a shooting that happened here in Austin, Texas with Skip. And also we're going to talk about the AR-15s and how the DOJ agreed to a deal to let a California resident off the hook so he wouldn't hurt gun control against AR-15s. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chat Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. So we're back, and we're talking about the Fort Worth shooting. Um, We're also talking about a shooting that happened here in Austin, Texas, uh, with Mr. Vela. And, man, we're we're talking about police interaction with with the public. And my guest inside the studio said, well, maybe, you know, all cops should be black. Uh, Yeah, I have to give credit (laughs) to Daniel Tosh for that joke. Oh, from from Tosh.0? Yeah. But uh, so but I agree. But I agree with that. 
Yeah, but unfortunately, That's not they've reality. done experiments, and they have shown that black police officers are more likely to shoot black suspects than white officers are. I'm trying really hard not to be racist, and you're making it very hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, t- I tell you what, then. Let's go Let's go to Illinois, uh, over in Chi-Town uh, here, Chicago, just outside of Chicago. Chirac. Yeah, where Susan Buchanan, an Oak Park Village trustee, says she has received threats to her and her family's safety following comments she made at an October 7 board meeting. So take a listen to this video. All right. And so in this video, uh, they're talking about where... Uh, Come on, Susan. Susan, this is... I won't say a word. That's why I like to... You shouldn't have an opinion on I that. Met this with, is I met with constituents of yeah. color, and quite honestly, on some of the feedback was that some of this wording was ridiculous. No. You have been white from birth. Why are you arguing what is a system of oppression? You've never experienced one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So shut up. Uh, I don't want to hear from you. Okay. Just stop. Just stop, Dan. Stop, Dino. You are not oppressed. And I'm, people in Oak Park are. And we are trying to recognize that as a community. Mm-hmm. This mayor and this board is obviously not willing to face history. We have a chance to make history. It is time for this community Mm -hmm. Um, to face equity enough. And you stop it. You are a white male. You stop it. You are a white male. Your skin is light enough. Stop it. I think if we... um, reduce these conversations to nobody cares what you have to say because you're a white male i i I don't think we're doing this right man i tell you you know that's uh that's out of illinois and basically what susan buchanan was doing was she was in a she said that she led into trustee dino andrews and dan maroney both were white males telling them to shut up after they expressed a desire to clarify a term, systems of oppression, used in the long-delay uh, diversity statement for the, the city there. And she said that, you know, why are you arguing what is a system of oppression, uh, according to what Buchanan said? Uh, you would never experienced one, so shut up, is basically what she was telling them to do. Uh, basically, what she was saying, as a white male, y- uh, you need to shut up when it comes to uh, the conversations of oppression and, you know, and... Diversity. That's crazy. Yeah, fun fact about Oak Park, Illinois, though, they had a handgun ban for 26 years up until the point where there was that uh, Supreme Court case that uh, said that that national law overrides uh, city and state law. Oh, and really? They can't have bans like that. Yeah. Well, you know, I just yeah. bands will make. Her I, dance. I, I think I think we need to, and and we've shown some videos during the break, and I, I want you guys to make sure you're watching those videos during the break because, you know, we we're going through this little cycle of like road rage and you know anger and stuff like that, and I think we need to bring it down a couple notches and just understand that when you're out and you're driving around, you're out and about, and someone does something to you, just think about it like this: you come in contact with someone. And maybe earlier that day, they've had something happen to them. Maybe something bad happened to them or something like that. And they're having a really rough day. And now you guys have come in contact with each other. You know, it, 
so sometimes you just have to let things go and not take things so serious. We're having conversations with each other. Just because someone disagrees with you, they have a different opinion of something, uh, doesn't mean you have to tell them to shut up and not and, and, and quiet their voice. Everyone deserves for their side to be heard. It doesn't matter if you totally disagree with that person. It doesn't matter. I got something to say about this. The debate this, this is how we lady. progress. Yes. Yeah. No, exactly. That's what it is. And that's why I think also, I want to throw this out there, when this lady from Chicago, this crazy lady here, and she's saying, yeah, you can't talk about this because you're white or whatever. Isn't she adhering to the tenets of racism by saying someone can't have an opinion based on the color of their skin? Mm. Absolutely. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I, I don't even want to entertain her. So now. <laughs> yeah. And I Actually, agree. I do want to entertain her by sending her to meetspin.com. And, and I want to go back to Skip, you know, because we were talking about, you know, your situation with uh, with your, you know, you know the Can I say the that? case that you were talking about there. And what do, what do you think with, with what this gentleman here said, you know, that maybe, you know, we need to look at the racial makeup of law enforcement and make sure to actually, I think what he's trying to say is we should look at the racial uh, makeup of of our police departments and make sure they fit the racial makeup of the community. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much uh, everybody's everybody's position. I think nationwide now is trying to get uh, some coherence and uh, everybody wants the police department to reflect uh, the, the society which they which they police. And also, maybe maybe not, our police not, officers. The to, Go ahead. The problem's not the race of the police officer necessarily, but the problem might be in the culture of policing. Mm. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. The culture, it's kind of like a the mafia. culture of policing. Well, if you go back to the origins of policing, policing originated as a slave recovery tool. Um, so a what? Black people in a, a slave. A it was a, it was a slave a, recovery tool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the police. The that's what, that's of the origins of gun control origin. as well. well. With the with the Thirteenth Amendment being uh, uh, slavery is illegal unless you're incarcerated. Well, so what they did was they they the created they created groups to go out and recover you know runaway slaves, and that's where your law enforcement came from. They were purpose was to go out and bring back the runaway slaves. Sounds like we need to end law enforcement. I'm for that. I'm well, for, we I'm, need to we need, no, we not need for that. to revamp. We need to revamp law enforcement. Um, and we need to rethink law enforcement. And I think that if we are able to address issues in a really modern and, and honest way, we might find a way to eliminate a lot of these internal um, contradictions that we seem to find ourselves with. Maybe facing. focus on Black more de-escalation tactics and training. To push. We have to make sure that our law enforcement, as well as our first responders across the board and the military are fearless. Okay. The people who should be scared in police interactions are the citizens because they're the ones that aren't armed in 95% of the cases who are being drawn upon where a slight twitch of a finger can end the person's life depending on how much trigger pull the weapon has and whether it's chambered. Um, those are so I think that the dynamic is that people are told that you need to relax while a police officer holds a gun on somebody is a is an enormous is it's 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 daunting. But then for a police officer to say that, well, you know, I was scared of this guy at night, because um, I couldn't see his hands, it's kinda uh 
so those kinds of things need to get righted again. I think I, I had, you know, I had someone yeah. tell me one time that, you know, that, that I needed to, you know, watch, you know, the tone of the radio show and the direction that I took the radio show because, you know, some of the people that, you know, that they surrounded themselves with, uh, even though they were in a situation, even though they understood that there are certain situations where police officers may have been wrong. But they didn't, you know. Even when it's blatantly wrong, they didn't. They're not willing to admit that the officer's wrong. You know, they're not willing to admit that. And so I needed to watch, you know, the tone, of the direction that we take the radio show because, you know, people are just they don't want to think that law enforcement can ever do anything wrong. Oh, see, and I, I beg to differ. I just think that law enforcement needs to needs to call out law enforcement. Bad cops are bad cops. Cops who make mistakes. Uh, just like a citizen who makes mistakes and drives drunk and kills somebody, you know, unfortunately there are consequences and you got to face justice, the, you know, the system of justice for that for that mistake. And a police officer who shoots somebody in, in cold blood in their own house, um, whether he's mistaken or not, he has to be put before the, the tribunal to establish or to determine whether or not there's culpability. Um, Travis County doesn't regularly does not present police officer shooting cases to the grand jury which it used to do under the old regime, but now we've suspended doing that. Um, and I'm not quite sure why we have such little success. Right. So, what do you think about gun control for Denver? police officers? I think the police officers really are not in support of the Second Amendment, although they sound make noises like they are. Um, I don't think the says, hey, I'm... <laughs> All right. All right, so... Now, now I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about the um, the ARs because the the feds agreed to a deal to let you know a guy in California actually keep his AR fifteen. Well, not really keep his AR fifteen, but he agreed to a they agreed to a deal uh, to not let a case go forward and pretty much let this guy off the hook. You know, and I, I want you to kind of tell people, Zach you know, a little bit about what, you know, basically what this case is all about, what this guy was doing, what was he actually doing in California? So it sounds like this guy, uh, Stephen Rowe was his name, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh, he had a shop somewhere, and he had some tools, and with those tools, he bought 80% lowers or made them. I'm not sure how he acquired them, but anyways, an 80% lower is a part of an AR-15 um, that isn't complete, so you have to mill it out a little bit more. It comes as just kind of more rudimentary block of aluminum, and you have to drill it out so it can fit the parts that go inside. Because when you get it as an 80% lower, it's unusable, and it's not considered the, you know, a weapon. And so this guy had, I'm sure it was drills and, you know, CNC machines. And this, this is really a, a really important case because if this case was to go forward and it went all the way, all the way to uh, the Supreme Court, you know, it could change, you know, our idea of what a complete rifle is and what an 80% lower receiver is and, and what's, you know, what's an upper, what's a lower and what you can actually walk into the gun store to buy or what you can just build at home, you know, without having a serial number on it and all that stuff. We come back from the break. We're going to talk about AR-15s. Going to close this sucker out. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. 
folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Your next chance at $1,000 with a big cash bribe is tomorrow at 9.03 on Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about the AR-15s. I want to talk about this, uh, this case out of California where the DOJ, a DOJ agreed to a deal to let a California resident off the hook so it wouldn't hurt gun control against AR-15s. And so basically what they're saying is, let's go ahead and separate the, the upper from the lower. Yeah, go ahead and separate the upper from the lower. Let me see it. All right, so I'm going to hold up this AR here inside the studio. And basically what they're saying is, you know, once the upper, whoa, and the upper and the lower is actually together, it's a complete rifle. All right, so, but then when you separate the upper from the lower, you know, according to the way it looks like this judge was going to rule, before the um, the DOJ said, "Hey, whoa, hold on," it it, it seems like the, the judge is going to the side of, well, you know, let's go ahead and you know you can buy yourself an, an upper, you can buy yourself a lower, and then that's not a rifle. That's just going to be, you know, two pieces. That's not a, a rifle. It can't fire. You can't do anything with it. So you don't need to go to an FFL for that. That's how this judge was leaning. You know, you take you should be able to buy, for instance, a strip law receiver, which is what this is right here, what I'm holding up here. You should be able to get one of these and buy this without going to an FFL. That's the way the judge was leaning before they said, oh, stop. Never mind, judge. We want to just make a plea deal, and we don't want you know you to rule on this case at all. So this would have been a really big deal for this case to go forward. You know, because right now, this is a 100% strip law receiver. This right here, you need to walk to the gun store, fill out a 4473, do a background check, and get one of these. This here is an 80% law receiver. The difference between these two is uh, the one, you know, the, the shiny one here, it's not cut out. All the holes are not there. You don't have the holes on the side or anything like that. So this here, you can have an 80% law receiver have that shipped to your house and don't need a... You don't have to get a background check or anything like that, and you can build this out and make yourself a complete AR and have a rifle at home and, and don't have to do any type of background check or anything like that. Michael, but, could you give me a brief explanation of what those do to my California brain? Oh, man, I, oof, that's a whole nother show. Okay. You guys are so screwed up in California, man. I tell you, that's <laughs> that's a whole nother show. Hold on. Because California we'll laws are to yeah, because California laws are totally different. Because you can't even have. I just want to know what it does. You can't have either one of these in California, so it's going to be totally different. But then, all right, so I take this upper, you know, and this judge is saying, "Hey, by these two here, hey, you're not doing anything. By the 100% low receiver, even the 100% low receiver, you should be able to get all of this stuff here and put it together yourself and build it at home in the privacy of your home without getting any type of background check." 
well, the ATF didn't like that. The DOJ didn't like that. And they say, no, we, we want our interpretation of what a 80% is. Because if you separate these two, this is 50%. Understand? Yeah, and you can't do anything with Right, you can't do anything either. with 50%. So that's why the judge say, hey, this is 50%. I got an upper, got a lower. And so you don't have to get a background check because that's not a complete rifle. It's two different parts. And so that's the whole crux of the case. That's why this case is a really big deal and why everyone should be talking about this. And maybe we'll have someone else, you know, go forward and maybe do the same thing. Do you think background checks should be required for the 50-50? doesn't matter what I think. You know, my, my job is to you know, really just argue the law and, and what it and, and the interpretation of the law, you know. You're not going to tell us what your opinion is on it? No, I'm not going to tell you my opinion at all. I, my job is to stick with the law and, 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 and focus on that. Well, to me, it seems that that is gun paraphernalia. It is. And I'm pro-gun paraphernalia, so I got no problem with this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that judge's ruling would have really expanded gun rights. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Uh, so what do you think about that being from California? Which part? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a lot. And, and, I think it's the same thing as having somebody having like a bong. What do know? I wait, wait? What do I think about you know the what I mean 50, by that? Fifty no background check from right. being, being from California. You like that, right? You know I, I, mean? I think I think you should uh, need a background check. Why? Because uh, violent criminals are more likely to be repeat offenders. Violent criminals don't go through the background check system to get their guns. So you're basing the fact that people need to have. Background checks on recidivism rates. Well, I know a lot of violent people that are not felons and have done worse things than people that are in jail. So, I, I, so I, Eli, I, I would if, agree. If somebody can't get a firearm because of the background checks, then you think those are people that shouldn't own a firearm? Well, I can't get a background. I can't pass a background check, so I don't think anyone else should have a gun because I'm jealous so, of it. Oh, so you, <laughs> are you, so you should just, you be oh, able okay. to own a gun? What? You think you should be able to own a gun? Uh, legally. I think that if you're not in I don't jail, think you have the mental capacity. I think if you've if you've committed a felony and you have been to jail or you did your time or you paid your debt to society and you're back in the public space, the public sphere, you should be allowed to own a gun whether you're a felon or not because you have already proven that you're able to function in society. And that's why you've been returned to society. So I think someone like you or a number of my other friends that are felons should be allowed to own guns. I think gun rights for felons should be a thing, and I also think voting rights for felons. I mean, be there a thing. has yeah. to be there has to be some kind of process to some vetting process, and everyone wants to say like mental health, but there's really no guidelines to say what like who is and is not mental. Yeah, like a basket case yeah. more or less. A- anyone could go crazy at any moment. I know a lot of people that have been to, that have committed felonies for drugs, and they're totally like they don't have mental issues. Yeah. They, they're totally a relatively... felon is a bad I don't, I don't I think felons should be able to own guns and vote and I think prisoners should not be slaves and I think the whole prison complex is is just completely out of whack and felons are mistreated the prisoners, prison complex prisoners is... are people too they're not bad people Mr. Just... Cargill would you agree that the way that prisons are set up it is I know I'm the black person in the room but I don't know anything about prison <laughs> Him and I know more about prison than you do. <laughs> uh, do you think that the prison industry, the prison complex, whatever you want to call it, do you think it is restricting gun rights? I Okay. I think what the problem is um, we have the way the system is set up. If you're a convicted felon, you cannot purchase a firearm inside of a gun store or an FFL dealer. 
Now, what Texas has done is Texas said, hey, after five years, you know, Texas is going to give you your gun rights back. You'll be able to own a gun at home for personal protection after five years, after you're off paper and all that stuff, if you're a convicted felon. Now, the problem with all that is this. Texas says, hey, after five years, you can have that gun at home for personal protection, um, but you can only have it at home. You can't have it in your vehicle. You can't go to the gun range, can't practice with it, and all that good kind of stuff. You can only have it at home unless you have a shooting range on your property. You can have it, only have it only your property at your house. You can't walk to a gun store to purchase it. That seems kind of counterintuitive. If you pass universal background checks, which is what we're hearing from our elected officials in, you know, at the Capitol and, and around the country, that means that that person who the state of Texas is giving some of their rights back after five years, they will not be able to own a gun at all if you pass universal background checks because the only way that a convicted felon can get their hands on a gun is by private sale or as a gift. And you will get rid of that if you pass universal background checks. So whenever you hear anyone talk about universal background checks, they're talking about doing that. We're talking about those people that have paid their debt to society. And we have said, okay, you've paid your debt after five years, going to give you your rights back because you've been an outstanding citizen. And we're saying, hey, we're going to keep those people from being able to. Everybody needs a second chance. But yeah, yeah. then you can't do private sales, no. really, because, because people don't have access. Private to the sales will system. have to go through a gun store. That's uh-huh. what they're saying. And, the, and you're saying private citizens don't have access to the background check system that is utilized? No, you don't. How do you get access to that? You can't. You have to be a federal firearms licensed dealer. So the universal background checks is a... Now you understand when they say universal facade. background checks. That is correct. So a father could not give his daughter a gun? If you pass universal background checks, no, you will not be able to. Now you understand? You will not be able to have any private sales or yeah. gifts. Not even a gift. Well, hey, I do think it's interesting that after currently, f- or if they pass this, if they pass, if they pass, if they pass, universal back. And, and is what is it? Is it like that in California already? Do you know, Michael? I, you I you know. have to do a background check for every sale in California. That's ridiculous. I th- I would also say that I will be the first one to admit that I w- was ignorant of the law that after five years, felons are allowed to purchase guns again in Texas. Granted, that it's obviously very restricted, right. but I think that's a good thing. I think that every man, woman, even, you know, what eight when you're 18, you can buy a rifle. Is well, that correct? Well, th- with that— I think everybody should be allowed to defend themselves. Yeah, with that Texas I just think everybody needs a second chance, no matter what. Third chance. Oh, you Louis C.K. He's, he's speaking second chance because he just broke up with his girlfriend. He's like, everybody needs a second chance right now. <laughs> I just broke up. My girlfriend, we just broke up, and I feel— You're right. I'm a sociopath. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have zero emotion. He he puts on a really good front. Yeah, he does. Okay. Yeah, that's the first thing he said to me. He wouldn't even stop saying anything to me about it when I when I when I met him. And we're today. gonna go on a break now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, everyone needs a second chance right now. Even me, honey. Man, oh, I'm honey, gonna go with me. her. All right, honey, honey, I left. Honey, call me. I need a second chance. I love you. I really do. Is she listening right now? She probably no. is. <laughs> what if she was? Give us a call. I call in numbers 512-543-2284. You have one We're minute blocked left. on everything. <laughs> she shut you down like that? I blocked her first. Uh, oh, really? I broke up with her. I blocked her And then you her regretted first. it? And then she, no, I don't regret anything. Oh, but now I, that's I, not what he was saying earlier. I want to, <laughs> I, I miss her. <laughs> but I don't want to be with her. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's it's like to be strong it's, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like You cocaine. don't think anybody like on Instagram he, is, he, is friends with strong. her? Not you did not say anything. So, <laughs> round of applause. No, no, no. She's like cocaine. Lot of fun. I should not be doing it. Okay. Well, good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. Right. 
Wrap it up. Wrap it up. All right, Zach. So what do you think about this case in California with the DOJ? Mm, I think they, uh, you know, this guy should have taken one for the team and taken the conviction and let that judge's, uh, you know, words stand. All right. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talking with Michael Cargill. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.